everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Unknown. I hope that you've been doing well. I know that it is getting closer and closer to Halloween, which is uh, good because I cannot wait. Uh, I still haven't figured out my costume, though, because I had my costume figured out. I was going to be Dwight Schrute. I was going to wear his going out outfit. So if you are familiar with The Office, where he wears the shirt with the wolves on it. Uh, And then I was telling my parents about it, and they said that that was a terrible costume. They told me that nobody would know what it was, and so uh, now I'm second-guessing. And so now I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm probably going to have to order something and hope it comes in on time. Um, So if you guys have any suggestions, let me know. Uh, Shoot me a message on the social medias, which, by the way, the Instagram is at theunknown underscore a podcast. And the Twitter is the unknown a pod. So make sure you follow. And uh, yeah, message me and let me guys know what you think because I am out of ideas. Um, I'm also not a very creative person when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've been um, a hockey player, aka I've just worn my Pittsburgh Penguins jersey for like the last four years. So I'm not good in this department. So if you guys could let me know, that would be great. Okay, so let's get into today's case which, as mentioned uh, last week, that it is going to be on a child. This case is still unsolved, and they do not know um, where she is. So this case is on Asia Degree. So our story starts in August 5th, 1990, where Asia Jaquilla Degree was born in Shelby, North Carolina. She was raised by Harold and Aquila Degree, and it is known that they were very loving parents. Uh, she grew up in a wonderful home. Uh, So nothing there to be alarmed with the parents. So her and her brother, they never strayed from their apartment. Uh, They were never allowed to wander or go out alone or do anything like that. Uh, Although they did let themselves in after school. That was noted in my research uh, that they did come home every day and let themselves in. But they never did anything else other than that. They always, you know, went where their parents told them to and, and stayed in the apartment for the most part. She was uh, noted as a very smart girl. She was in fourth grade. She was mature, um, very kind, loving girl. Uh, And she was so cautious and smart that she wouldn't even pet local dogs, apparently. So if that doesn't tell you how cautious of a girl that she was, I mean, she wouldn't even pet local dogs. I don't even pet local dogs, so I'm, I'm right there with her. So on February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2000, Aisha and her brother were tucked into bed at around 8 p.m. Nearby, there was a car accident that left the home without power, and this was till about 12 a.m., and so the father woke up and went to check on them at about 2.30 a.m., and they were fine. They were both still in bed, both fine. So this situation had to happen sometime between 2.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., because 6.30 a.m. is when the parents went back into the room to wake their kids up, and that's when they found that Aisha was gone. Um, It was actually Aquila who found her missing uh, when she went to get them up for school. So immediately she called the Shelby Police Department and they came and responded and they found that there was no sign of forced entry. So she must have left on her own, left willingly. Nobody seemed to have broken in and it looked to appear that she took her backpack with her. So the police had canine units and they were trying to find you know, a scent, maybe a trail to follow that she would have left the house. Um, And the canines could not find a scent. They could not find a trail to follow. It was just that they would maybe find a scent, but then it would end right there really quick. And so that, that option was out. So two people 
called the police station saying that they saw a girl who matched Aisha's description on Highway 18, which was right near the family's apartment around 4 a.m. So this fits into that time frame that Aisha must have left the house between 2.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. because she was last accounted for at 2.30 a.m. and then it was recognized that she was not home at 6.30 a.m. They said uh, the one person tried to approach her but she bolted into the woods. So this last sighting of her was in fact confirmed. They were able, that person was able to say, yes, that is absolutely that girl that I saw. And so the police took this. And so that was the last sighting that was ever confirmed of her. So the very next day, they found her hair bow in a nearby shed. Uh, I also found that they found some like candy wrappers as well. There wasn't much information on like whose shed it was. Um, but it, it wasn't, uh, anything to worry about that the police thought. It was just a nearby shed. So they had something to go off of, um, but obviously not a lot. It, it's just a hair bow. And so that throughout the next seven days, 9,000 man hours were searching for her, uh, in a two by three mile radius in the area because she was seen by that, by that person at 4 a.m. near Highway 18, which is, I think, a quarter of a mile from their house. It is not far at all. Um, and so she, you know, she couldn't have gone far because then she bolted into the woods. So they were, they were searching this two by three mile area. Um, they had 300 tips coming in. The police were combing through 300 tips. And this is the one thing, guys, you know, people always want to just be involved in something and call and they offer up no good information or information that isn't helpful. They aren't involved in the case. That is, that is the worst thing that a person can do is call and they and they don't actually have any information to give. Um, but through all of this information, through all of this searching, nothing was found. The FBI and North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation teamed up because clearly they were not getting anywhere, so they were taking all of the help that they could get. And the DeGree family as well were also trying to do everything that they could outside of searching, so they actually went on the Montel Williams show and the national news was covering it. They were doing any interview that they could. Oprah was even covering it. So they were just trying to get this out there to everyone so that everyone is on the lookout for Asia. A year and a half until the next clue was found. So they went through a lull where they were searching and searching, but they couldn't find anything. A year and a half later, they get their next clue. Construction workers were digging um, an access road in Burke County about 30 miles away from the family's apartment, from where Aisha would have left, and they found her backpack. And inside of the backpack was a new Kids on the Block t-shirt and a copy of Dr. Seuss's McGilliot's Pool. And this book was confirmed to have been checked out of her elementary school. Uh, and the Cleveland County Sheriff is the one who noted this. But no new leads were found from this. So they found the backpack and they found the two items in it, but nothing came from it. They, it. They're trying as hard as they can, but nothing came from it. So then this, this, is, this is odd. The next piece of information came in 2004. So mind you, this is four years later because this happened in 2000. A prison inmate claimed that she was killed and knew where she was buried. And so this person told the police and the police went to where they were told, and all that was found there were animal remains. So another dead end. And again, here's another person claiming that they know information, and they're lying, and they're giving false hope, and that's just so terrible. 
So the family, they were really big into raising awareness for the case. They organized an annual walk from their house to the missing persons billboard, which they had a huge missing persons billboard uh, erected in the town just to alert anyone to be on the lookout. I know as well that they had her photo uh, put on every uh, garbage truck in the area. So you were seeing her face constantly. They even established a scholarship in her name. So the family, again, is doing everything that they can to try to look for her because at this point there is no information that's leading to that she is uh, deceased. So they're still hoping and praying that she is alive. And the mother, Aquila, is quoted as saying this, This is worse than death because at least with death you have closure. You can go to a grave site or if you have the urn at home. But for us, we can't mourn. We can't give up. The only thing we got is hope. Which, it, that is so true, because if you don't have any information that is uh, leading you to think that she is not alive, then you have hope that she's alive, that she's somewhere out there. And especially with the way that she just walked out of the house is what they're suspecting. So, you know, you don't assume that someone kidnapped her and that she's that she is dead. In 2015, a tipster claimed to have, that this was new information. So at this point, the last tip was in 2004. They're not getting any information. And then in 2015, a tipster claimed to see young Asia enter a green Ford Thunderbird or a Lincoln Mark IV the night, the night that she disappeared. So now we have new information that we, we believe that we know the car. There, it could be either one of these cars. So there's two cars, two possibilities that she could have entered. But again, nothing has come from this. Um, I don't, there was no information that I could find that maybe they looked into all owners in that area of those two cars or what. Um, but no information has come from this. But this did cause them to reopen the investigation because at this point, you know, it was kind of a lost cause. They hadn't heard anything since 2004. And then they get this tip in 2015. So they reopened the investigation. And a specific thing that was given by that tipster to even narrow down that car further, is that they remembered that there was a significant amount of rust around the wheel wells. Um, so they, they had that information to go off of. So then the case is reopened. So five years later in 2020, another inmate, different inmate, another inmate at North Carolina State Correctional Facility contacted the Shelby Star, which was a local uh, newspaper. And they claimed that they heard someone talking about killing and burying her. And this person was Marcus Mellon. Uh, Marcus had a uh, history of child sexual assaults, so, you know, they took this claim very seriously. They interviewed him, but nothing came of it. Uh, again, so another person claiming something that isn't true. The Cleveland County Detective Tim Adams believes that someone out there has to have information. I mean, it's just, there's, there's no way that she could have just disappeared and no one saw her. No one knows anything. Um, even if she did walk out of her house willingly, I still feel like someone would have had information. Um, but they refer to Asia as Shelby Sweetheart, which, which is just the kindest thing ever. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children also then got involved with this case, as one does when, when a case like this has such national news and coverage. And they released a digitally aged process photo of what Asia would look like now as a 30-year-old. So that people can be, you know, looking for someone uh, of her actual age. Because the photo of her when she was in fourth grade is obviously not going to assist now in trying to find her. Uh, and the FBI is offering 
a $25,000 reward for information, and the Cleveland County Sheriff is offering another $20,000 uh, for any information. And to go back to the Marcus Mellon, who was the last person to make a false claim, I did want to mention a piece from his letter that he wrote to the Shelby Star, and this is what it's quoted as saying. Asia Degree has been missing for over 20 years. About four months ago, I had found out her whereabouts and what had happened to her. She was killed and then took and buried. I do know how and what town she is in. I hope you get this letter and do come see me. It's on the up and up. So that is obviously a very creepy and cryptic letter. Uh, and then again, of course, nothing came of this. He was lying. So again, it's just people, if you don't have information that's actually helpful, if you're lying, do not submit it in. Do not give families, do not give people false hope. Uh, but that is the case of Asia Degree. Uh, to this day, sh she's never been found. There's been no remains found. So, you know, her family still thinks that she's out there somewhere alive. Uh, police still think that someone knows information that just hasn't come forward. But this is definitely a chilling case because it doesn't seem like foul play was involved, but yet it doesn't seem like her character to just walk out of the house in the middle of the night. So it, this really is crazy. I mean, I don't even have any of my own theories. I, I really have no idea what could have happened. But I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you tune in next week because we have another case on a uh, missing person. Um, so I hope you, you tune in and listen to that. Uh, remember to follow the socials, which, as mentioned uh, earlier in this episode, which is our Instagram is the unknown underscore a podcast, and the Twitter is the unknown a pod. I post almost daily on both of those. I'd love to talk with you guys, hear your thoughts, any recommendations for other cases that you'd like me to cover. I would love to hear those. But until next time, this has been The Unknown, and I'm your host, Peyton Schaefer. Mm -hmm.